0: Welcome to In Conversation, I'm your host Brett Rogers. Hair for me is just hair. Um, I love to have different hairstyles, I crave constant change with it, but aside from being a cool fashion accessory, hair doesn't mean that much to me. Uh, We've learned over the years that that's not the case for all people. The weight of history lays heavy on the hair of people of colour, and it's essential for us to grasp its importance, because we deal with this on a daily basis. So, for this conversation, co editor Babawa Taliwe and I spoke with Fazeka Mechlumakulu, who is an advocate for natural hair. This was really one of the best and most interesting conversations I've had on this podcast. Usually, I have a pretty good idea of what I'm getting myself into, but Fazeka and Babawa really opened my eyes to the different relationship that people of color, and especially women people of color, have with their hair. The standout comment for me was If you're not a black woman, do not comment on black women's hair, even if it's a compliment don't do it. If you must comment on someone's appearance, just say they look good, because people don't understand how many voices there are making comments about people's hair and how conflicting they are. All right, this was great. I hope you enjoy the show. Here's for Zeka. Babalwa, why don't you introduce our lovely guest for the day, because she is your friend and uh, you know more about me than about her than I do. Um, oh, started
1: with the um there, but I've known this person for what, 10 years now. 10 years and I think in terms of watching her natural hair growth I thought she was a perfect guest here and then also her starting her own Instagram page and just this natural uh, beauty as well as hair platform I thought why not just interview her but uh, Fez Aker, I usually call her Fez uh, is a natural hair guru, I would say. Like, you usually <laughs> get into the DMs and talk about it. She's laughing nervously, and she's a natural hair enthusiast. I kind of also very insightful. Like, one of the most insightful people I know. So, especially with this topic and other topics, but uh, I really, the reason why I wanted to, or I brought the um, her as a subject or as a guest, is because I think she's just gonna unpack it, unpack. This whole um, natural hair and specifically the hair topic and give it justice that it needs. Did I introduce? That her? was beautiful.
0: I mean, we don't we don't know Fazeka's surname, but uh, <laughs> There we go. Can you say it right? Fazeka <laughs> Makul. Nice.
2: Um,
0: all right, Fazeka. Thank you so much for joining. Um, I suppose it's it's really exciting to to have you here and you know to talk about about hair is. Uh, uh, you know, we've actually, Babawa and I in some way or another have touched on the topic of hair numerous times uh, for him. And uh, it's, it's so difficult. It's so difficult to, to tread into those waters, um, especially for me as a white guy. Um, it's even more treacherous because, you know, the, the topic of this week is, uh, or what Babawa has decided to call it, is it's not just hair. Is that what you said? Not just hair. it's not just hair. And um, I suppose that that becomes the first first, uh, differentiator, uh, is that for me, my hair is just hair. Um, I mean, I love it, and I like to do cool styles, and I care about it, but it doesn't carry much weight. Um, But perhaps for you, it has a different connotation.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, The title sums it up. It's really complicated, and... I think it's because we don't have the privilege of growing up and just naturally being allowed to like our hair. From the time we're very young, I'm sure Babala can also agree, it's a problem that needs to be fixed, that needs to be attended to. Mm,
0: problem, yeah. that first that first word you said there initially yeah. is already difficulty to hear.
2: Yeah. Um, so I guess that's why, even the way I started my natural hair journey, we were in high school. <laughs> and we were like... Was the minority at school. We went to a white high school and it was a girls' school. So I remember you meeting me in the quad and I was just like, girl, I just relaxed my hair, right? This is how you solve the problem. You straighten it with the chemicals. And I was like, girl, I have like these scabs. My skin is reacting. This, isn't, this can't be my life, you know? And I remember you being so concerned and being like, yeah, same here. I don't know what to do. And I guess... For me, transitioning to become natural was more of um, a concern about the pain involved. This idea in the black community that you have to suffer for beauty. I just didn't understand it. Either way, the boys weren't feeling me, so I was like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I need a better way to do this beauty thing that doesn't mean I have to be hurt or insecure. Or well, different from who you are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was that woke yet. I think it was just I didn't want to have to suffer for it Hmm. right Um, and so that's what that's what happened so I started to then negotiate how I would tell my mom because your hair doesn't even belong to you as a black child it belongs to your mom right it's it's determined by what her insights and knowledge about hair is and if your mom doesn't know how to do your hair
0: and the weight of history on your mom's hair right that she's then going to foist onto you
2: Exactly. And Uh. I think
1: during, like, this natural hair, like, journey, we kind of had to be, like, we can't really blame our parents because they were also, like, on struggle mode. Mm. It's their hair as well as our hair. And the quickest thing to do was creamy crack. Like, relax relax your hair. And I think as you, you touched on that point where it was... It was painful. Like, it wasn't something where it's like, you were woke. It was really painful. Mm-hmm. It was like, come the end of the month when you have to go to the salon and wake up, it's that cold cream on your head, mm-hmm. the burning, the dryer, the hot water. And it was as much as, like, to other people, like, and I'm not judging people who still so relax their hair, I think, mm-hmm. like, for other people worked fine, they do not get scabs. Mm-hmm. But... It was just... It was a painful thing. Like, it was a process. Like, you had to mentally prepare yourself to be like, oh, snap, I'm going... Right. Like, I'm going into war, but... <laughs> Definitely. How
0: many times and how often would you have to go through that, that pain?
2: It just depends on your own hair um, and the culture around it in your specific household. So in my household, it was whenever my hair would revert back if I, my, an inch of natural growth came... Um, through, then I'd have to go through that process again, which might mean two months from now, three months from now. Other people who are more informed about how to relax their hair properly would only relax their hair about once or twice a year. Okay. So there is a healthy way to do it. Yeah.
0: But I suppose not. the problem is not necessarily... Well, back then, the problem was the pain. Yeah. But now the problem is not necessarily the pain of your skin, but the pain, the societal pain that uh, you're getting forced to to wear your hair in certain ways. So, which brings me back to... You said you went to a a white school, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, So, were there rules in place at that school about how you had to have your hair?
2: (laughs) No. I remember there weren't rules at our particular high school about how you had to wear your hair, unless you were white. So, So, I remember a girl came to school having gone to vacation somewhere tropical and she came back with cornrows Oof. and the teachers were like no, this is just unbecoming it's, I don't remember the specific word they used but it was the idea that for a white person to wear a black hairstyle um, was something, un- something was uncouth about it uh, so wow. they, they definitely stayed far away from our hair but there was an underlying message communicated to us Okay. That it wasn't acceptable.
0: So then your so you started out with your your natural hair journey being a pain, a pain thing, and you don't want to go through through that all the time. Um, and how has that developed over time? Because you know, what we've seen with, with, with hair conversation, especially over the last ten years, is that there's so many things that I've I've seen occurring. Like, number one, like people just touching people of color's hair. Um uh, d- demeaning, demeaning, it or like uh, uh, critiquing somebody else's hair for, for no reason. And I mean, I, I bring up with, uh, with Babawa about um, uh, Huma Masakela's stance on, on natural hair. I don't know if if you know okay, so for our for our listeners who don't know, um, Brian Hugh uh, insisted that he would only take photographs or have photographs with black women if they had natural hair and if they did not have natural hair that that's covered up. And that's very intense. That seems very intense. Very like, what's like? I want to know what Babawa's thinking. Because whenever I bring up with Babawa, she just makes faces and doesn't say anything. So I want to know what you think about it.
1: So it brings me back to Varsity because there was sort of like a lecturer and like in postgrad who sort of had that stance of uh, Hugh, rest in peace. But um, it was just one of those things where he made a comment being like, to this girl she came in with the afro and she was like yo you look so beautiful with your natural hair and like just stick to this and all these things uh no offense ladies but like these weaves and stuff and it was one of those things where it was like first and foremost do not dictate do not govern anything regarding black women and about their hair and it was one of those things where again there was always touching on the point that you're not African if you uh, don't have natural hair or you're wearing a weave or a wig or just anything or processing your hair. And it it, it it got to a point where, like, I felt like natural women who prefer to have their hair natural versus women who would have protective styles, they were pinned against each other. There was always, like, it gets so tight. Like, I'm tired every time, like, a natural uh, versus processed or I don't know the word but like relaxed conversation or uh, debate happens on Twitter I'm just like ah oh, snap here we go again like it just got so annoying and frustrating because now you get people who um, wear wigs but also have uh, their natural hair so now where are they in the spectrum where, where do they play and even if you have like your hair relaxed um, it's like one of those things where you have to be Dictated or like you just there was just this pressure on there, and it's just so annoying and it was frustrating because you get it from high school and then it just goes into varsity and then it goes into your career and your working life. Where now you the first thing you think of in an interview is, How should I wear my hair? The first day, do I you, my-
0: do, do you, did you think about that when you came to work here? Like, how you want yeah, to do Yeah, I care? did,
1: I did, I did because also. Uh, funny story, what happened to me is that I came to an interview, I had a wig on, long inches, or whatever, and then, um, like, I, I'm fine now, I can talk about it, so I, I got robbed and they snatched my wig.
0: Oh my god, <laughs> they snatched
1: wig. my wig! So then I had to come back for the second interview, and then I had a bob. Like luckily, like, yeah, I like listen. A girl had a plan. You <laughs> change your hair every week. Um. So I came back Monday with a bob, and I remember um the lady at HL, she She's like, "Oh, um, you cut your hair like it's shorter." I was like, "Girl, if <laughs> don't know." <laughs> yeah, we but don't know things, man. I mean, we don't know. Different. Like I was like, ch- "Child, whatever." On Friday, you don't want to know. So um. It was just those types of things Because the first thing Or the anxiety that came in Is like I'm going to have to be different now I've already set like who I am The first interview Now coming back I'm going to look different And it's going to Those questions are going to be asked mm, mm. But touching on you first, Like what, what was your Going into varsity or career life Like I know you just brought into the Natural hair But like after what, The trauma of high school Now embracing mm-hmm. it
2: yeah, um, so I think as a rule, I, have, I, I think we need to get to a point where if you're not a black woman, don't comment about black woman hair,
0: you know. Even because like compliments, mm-hmm. like nothing, just leave it alone. Don't be
2: specific, just say you look good, you look okay, beautiful,
0: Okay. You know? because okay.
2: because I think people don't understand how many voices exist that are so concerned with our hair, and how conflicting they are and how confusing it is. If we had to listen to everyone who has something to say about black hair, even idols like Huma Seguela, we would be lost. And we need to allow room for black women to dictate and determine what their hair means to them. Um, And that's been my experience. With the Huma Sigele comment, for black men specifically, I find that it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating when black men feel like they need to tell us that we are better or worse than the next woman. It's not a competition. And also, you have your own hair to worry about. It's not, <laughs> it's not as though the decision for black men to have fades is not political, is not rooted in colonialism and how black men were forced to shave their hair. So deal with well, your, the politics of your own hair and really engage that and allow us to do that as well. When it came to me, I think, because I had already made the decision that I wasn't doing going natural for the aesthetic. I was going natural for my own personal peace. When I was when I had to deal with people, I really didn't care really about their opinion on my hair. But I have to say that I have experienced this weird fetishism that comes from being a woman who has natural hair and now relatively long natural hair and also light skin. So there is this feeling that my natural hair is more acceptable. Because it's longer and it's more acceptable. Because it comes onto, it's attached to a light-skinned black woman as well. Um,
0: wow, so many levels of social fucking trauma there.
2: Yeah, and I guess I started the the page so that black woman So what's the page's name? Sorry. All oh, right, the Bantu Beauty. Okay. Right, it's an Instagram. So I started the page because I really felt like growing up, I was not. Reflected in what society thought was beautiful. We were not the center in high school. We were not the center at university. And so I wanted to center myself in the way that I looked. And I hope that other people can also then center themselves. Because you also hear a lot of things from black women who say, well, you know, I would never look good with natural hair. Or um, it's just not for me. It's too tedious. It's too demanding. Um, So, yeah, at the end of the day, I think the safe thing to do is for black men to not tell us how to deal with our hair, to not be exclusionary and shaming us for our decisions, and for black women to determine how they how they show up. If someone is coming into work and they're a black woman, understand that having black coworkers mean that you also have to read up on their culture and try to understand that she's not gonna look the same every day. You know, she mm-hmm. might have a braid, she might have a weave, she might have a fro, and that's acceptable. And that all you need to say is you look great. And if you have something else outside of that, keep it to yourself, you know. I think a lot of times when I was engaging with other people in professional settings, they'd feel the need to tell me that, like, what they prefer mm. and provoked. <laughs> you know. Ooh. Like, oh, I like your hair, but I prefer it when it's like this. Yeah, yeah. There is no need. Yeah. There is no need.
0: It's that prefer thing with all things related to people's appearance and behavior is incredibly annoying, isn't it? Mm. Like, it doesn't matter what you prefer. I, my, the, the way I'm dressing and being has nothing to do with your preferences in life and uh, I mean that's a huge problem and, and then it comes back to even that we are even talking about this it must be very irritating I mean I know that we are in a space here where this is the subject but that this is a thought process that you, you've had to start an Instagram page just to talk about this uh, and to, to illuminate other people about about the topic um, but that it is a topic Is like a, just another conversation Which I suppose When when you're saying like Unless you've got a compliment to say Just leave it alone Because it's a whole other conversation To con- continuously have Yeah.
1: But you touched on something right. Like that really I've been I feel like in the natural community It's sort of this I, would, I call it Afro-shaming mm, okay. <laughs> Like whereby there's a certain like how we as uh kids and especially black kids black girls how we were so fascinated by length like you know you would take a scarf trying to get length like you would play <laughs> in the mirror with your hair and there was this whole thing of like inches like even with the braids that you had you never cut the fiber so braid like in terms of the fiber for the hair like uh, the actual braids that we mm-hmm. plant and stuff—we call it fiber. I just wanted to unpack thank them. you. I mean, that's
0: awesome. Um, wait, wait, wait—the the the, 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 the part of the, the braid that attaches to your natural hair—is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah. So okay. that actual material—it's called fiber. Yeah, we usually call it fiber. Like, uh, we were always like obsessed with length, and now going into the Afro, the natural side, now it's more like thickness, volume, yeah, and it's height. <coughs> I'm calling it hype this time, <laughs> and it's like there was there was a comment, uh, Lerato Hamanyan, I think, the influencer, beauty influencer, and she said that she was so insecure when she cut her hair and it was growing, mm-hmm. that like she wanted to show her like f- her mini fro, but she was so scared that people were gonna think she's like a crackhead because it was like that's what she said. Like I remember, like and I was just like, there's this fro shaming because like when we grow our hair, the minute like you cut it. And then a month from cutting it, it's like, if you have a fro, wow, amazing. But, like, our our growth processes are different. And so now when you were touching on, like, you had length and also in terms of your color of your skin, sort of these intersectionalities. I just thought to myself, like, some of the reasons why I never showed my afro was because of the whole length thing. Like, yeah. it was huge. And then I showed it. And then when shrinkage happened, I was like, oh, god, protective style. <laughs> real quick and then even with so it was funny where like people were talking are talking about the natural hair community as sort of this confident thing but even in itself like there's insecurities that we're not unpacking like Mm. that fro shaving where this person we're not embracing them if they have a mini fro and they're natural it's like we're only looking at that huge Mm-hmm. And also, um, just just in terms of how it's even portrayed on social media and Twitter, it's like the minute like someone has a natural hair and it's huge, it's like yes, queen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Where they don't even they don't even they don't support the growth process. I would say,
2: <laughs> I think it's true. We are, and I think it's true in every sort of marginalized community, is that we create the same or similar kinds of ways to discriminate and make a hierarchy within the group um at first you know I was really one of those people a big afro you had my heart you know you had my heart at inches at fullness of volume and then as I got into the Instagram space and building my own community within it um I realized that one I don't have very voluminous hair right and that there are so many other influences with fine hair, so many other influences with medium density or low density. And when you are at least in the arena, when you are following people and not just waiting for the content to come to you, it gives you space to educate yourself more about the different ways that natural hair can show up and how important it is to celebrate the people who have low density hair as well as high density. Um, So yeah, that's definitely a thing.
0: Um, sorry, Do
2: you want to? You know, you
0: can stop it. Okay. Um, I, I, I wanted to know. So, uh, do you do you never wear anything other than your natural hair? Do you just stick with generally?
2: Okay, I like protective styling, so I love braids, um, cornrows, but I don't necess- I haven't yet ventured into weaves. Okay. Um,
0: because the, 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 the protective styling thing, that the, the first time I've ever heard this term was from a bubble a couple of weeks ago. Like, I, I've never... I so <coughs> was learning. It was just a <laughs> whole, like,
1: fascination. I was like, yes. Yeah okay let's take it back a notch this is what this is this is what that is and then he was like I feel like Brett you open a space like it was an open space where you're like okay there wasn't any judgment or that like you know that fascination like ooh can I touch your hair fascination It was like I actually want to learn
0: I know I'm just intrigued by like the knowledge right (laughs) just like about knowing about people I I think that that's that's more there's no like judgment there's no anything I think maybe that's often the difference with how people approach conversations like how what, what is your reason for the conversation. Mm-hmm. Why are you asking that question or making that comment? Um, whereas if you're just intrigued and, and want to learn about other people, then I think it generally tends to be okay. Um, okay. Um, possible. So, but, but then I want to ask you about where, like, I don't think I've seen you without protective style.
1: You haven't this yeah It's COVID, bro. It's COVID, bro. <laughs> right.
0: um, yes. Yeah. So, but then, uh, so, y- um, you don't have a problem with protective styles then, it's just you have a, uh, you wish to promote natural styles, that's your your feeling.
2: So I do protective style. Having a weave is a kind of a protective style, it's just one type of protective style. Having braids is a different kind of protective style. The aesthetic is different, but they do the same thing.
0: So they're literally protecting your hair?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Natural hair. So the misconception Uh is, is that black women are tough, right? And so our hair is, is this unruly thing that needs to be tamed. Um, and that's not true. Natural hair is actually the most sensitive hair on the spectrum across races. It needs more love, more dedication. It needs hot oil treatments, deep conditioners. It needs um, pre, pre, pre-shampooing your hair before you shampoo it because it's that fragile. Right? What? And so because it's so fragile, we have to protective style because we don't want to lose our hair as a result of dryness or breakage because we are so susceptible to breakage.
0: So just the everyday life damages your hair? Yeah.
2: yeah. So Sorry, Brett, to just get
1: to your point. So I think what you were trying to say is that you've only seen me in protective styles because I've done braids, I've done wigs, multiple wigs. So uh, in terms of my natural form, I think uh, I do show it off like, okay cool with cornrows, which is a no actually that's a protective style as well yeah. so uh, in terms of a fro I'll have like uh, an afro for a week but immediately because of that whole sensitivity thing and fighting breakage and like not really having a routine and that's what we're going to mm-hmm. speak about and mm-hmm. the lingo there um I I gravitate to a protective style and sometimes that can be detrimental as well to your hair mm-hmm. like it's not always all good like your hairline will go away or okay. pain mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Fez, like one of the things I also wanted, wanted to talk about was just the hairling or mm-hmm. the, the routine so like unpack I know, like, I'm always told, like, my hair is 4C. My natural mm-hmm. hair is 4C. Or, oh, no, but it's a combination of B. I'm like, no, the black hair is 4C. <laughs> like, I don't I didn't know the other ones. So, can you just please unpack the ABCs of it and the numerical form sure. what our hair is? From bread to me to
2: you. Okay.
0: I'm on A, right? <laughs> <You> probably <laughs> <are>. Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: a straight
0: and lifeless, guys. St- straight life is nobody.
2: Yeah, so there is this, um, so we have a hair typing system that we got from Oprah's hairstylist. That's where we got all of these things. right? Are you serious? Yep. So originally he had a system that went from two to three to four. 4C didn't even exist in his paradigm until the natural hair community started questioning these things. So 4 is specifically for tight, coilier hair strands that are found within black people. So within that, you still have a range, right? So 4C is characterized by incredibly small coils and extreme amounts of shrinkage. That means that you can stretch your hair out and within minutes, if you spray water on it or if it rains, if you dunk it to a pool, this magical thing of shrinkage happens where it shrinks back down. And it's actually an indicator of your hair's health. When your hair is straightened and processed, for example, you won't find that. And that kind of tells you a lot about the damage of your hair. Then you have 4B, which is like 4C, but slightly looser, more defined. Then you have 4A, which is closer to um, the coils we associate with mixed-race people. Right. But obviously, because there's such a a spectrum within black people's genealogy, you can find those co-patterns on a black person from sub-Saharan Africa. You can also find those co-patterns from an American black person, Hmm. right? So what that tells you, really at most, is what you can expect your hair to look like if you do different styles, it doesn't actually tell you a lot about your actual hair and what it needs, but it's a really good way to get an influencer that you like and say, "Okay, her hair looks like mine. Maybe I can okay. follow some tips from her, right? Cool. And if I do this, this is how it might look." But it actually has no real bearing on how you take care of your hair. Okay, okay, cool. When you're speaking about a routine, that's when it gets scientific. Okay, and this is the part. Let's, Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. We're ready. We're ready. The porosity, exactly. The density, mm-hmm. all of it. Mm-hmm. So here it becomes important to know that in order to retain length and just the overall health of your hair you need to start looking at the specific characteristics because they inform how you apply product, which products are going to work for you and what your hair needs to reach your hair goals. So porosity is one thing. So it's basically a measure of how porous your hair is. If you can imagine a strand of hair, it has it the shaft itself is surrounded by panels. If you can imagine the panels of a roof Right? So when those panels open, your hair is able to absorb water, which is the source of moisture. When those panels close, your hair is able to retain moisture, right? But there are people in the world who have very porous hair, which means that their job is to try and make sure that whatever hair whatever water enters the hair cuticle that they need to make sure that they use the right products and lay them correctly to keep it in. Whereas most black people have Um, low porosity hair which means that you need to focus more on making sure that you open the panels before you put water into your hair because it'll have no effect right so they need different things they need to heat up their hair before they they apply their products Um, so finding out what your porosity is is really important and there are a couple of ways you can find them out Um, there's Seeing if your strand of hair, when put in water, floats or sinks. If it sinks, it's likely that it's incredibly porous. If it doesn't, it's likely that you have low porosity and the various other methods that you can test that out. And I think that's been a game changer for me in terms of figuring out how to keep my hair healthy.
0: That's a lot of work. So how do you, so what's your what's your morning routine? <laughs>
2: Okay, so currently my morning routine is non-existent. But the nice thing about natural hair is that it's nothing. It's not forgiving. Okay, <laughs> um, but generally it just it depends on what my hair needs. Sometimes I need to moisturize. Sometimes I can go without. Sometimes I need to just you know run my hair under some some warm water and condition it. Sometimes I need you know a deep cleansing shampoo. Sometimes I just need to to just put some oil on it and massage my scalp. So it just depends. Natural hair is really fun and a bit daunting because your routine is going to have to be specifically tailored to your hair needs. It's not as easy as copy and pasting from someone whose hair looks like yours. Okay,
0: okay. Um, What, girl?
2: No, it's just like the way
1: she said it was easy but also difficult because I feel like with my natural hair like the first thing I do in my routine is like I go like when I'm having a shower or something mm. I just run through the hair in water and it's all good just mm. spray some sheer butter oil like you know do the what is it the lock method yeah. and um after that, I'm just like, okay, like, I, fo- I followed the steps on YouTube. <laughs> why is it not coming out like that? <laughs> like, she said we got the same hair. Like, why is it not coming out like that? But, um, but I feel like also climate as well. Climate, yeah. like, summer, your hair is... My hair, I feel like in summer, I can wear in my Afro. Winter, it's like... Girl, protective stuff. Don't even think about mm. showing that, showing it. And now, when you add things like, oh wait, it's because you didn't sleep with a satin scarf or a satin pillowcase. It just gets too much. Where you just like relaxer or yeah. something else. So,
2: what would be your basic tips like to protect your hair? Okay. Firstly, I'd say the first tip is give yourself a year. Give yourself a year to just try and figure it out. And then once you have that year done, make your decision. And I promise you it'll be easier to break the rules because you know exactly how to to get back to a good place with your hair. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is try to figure out what your issue is. Is your issue that your hair is dry? Is your issue that your hair doesn't doesn't retain moisture over time or that you can't get moisture into it trying to figure out what your problems are it will help you get the routine that works best for you um, so then finding people who have hair that looks like yours is really important and then when you have passed that stage finding finding out what your porosity is so it just depends and also realizing that you know you don't have to do these things every day so you don't have to wet your hair and do the lock method every single day, and the more you find out about what your specific hair needs are, then it then you'll get the results without having to feel like it's such a slip.
0: And the easier it will be, right? Because you once you know yourself, you know what to do with yourself. Kind of like yeah. the, what kind of skin skin skincare, skincare, skincare <laughs> you need. It's the same mm. for hair, like needs. But to the gel in my hair every week or something.
2: Yeah, but it definitely helps to have things like. Uh, a satin bonnet that you sleep in, because the friction, especially if you sleep on a cotton pillowcase, the friction will definitely eat away at your hairline and yeah, make I'll you feel it like yeah, it's dry. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> it out. So that's kind of important. Um, what else? Maybe thinking about getting a hair mist instead of just normal water is really you know something that might change the game it makes it fun they smell good they're like herbal and floral so it'll make that experience one that's like fun and luxurious your tip was always sorry to interrupt you but yeah. your tip was rose water rose water for
1: life okay? yeah you see yeah. I, I, I watch your stories <laughs> I do I
2: am doing, too I'm
1: <laughs> I just not <laughs> store
2: <laughs> yeah don't know that story
1: speaking yeah. about the other store actually mm-hmm. what happened two months ago
2: Yes, hey. that happened. What did you think about it? We talked about it. I was hurt, it, but, like, but I wasn't surprised. surprised. You know, I'm <laughs> um, not surprised. Yeah. yeah, um, I think it's happened too many times. It's happened with H and M. It's happened. <laughs> it's happened all over, and I think it's it's a symptom of a deeper political issue, right? I think that. I personally, as a black woman, I really don't care. I really don't care what you think about my hair, if you think it's dry, if it's dull or whatever. I care that there aren't enough incentives to keep you from having to subject me to that. You know? Mm. I care that the political climate is such that you feel comfortable and that you know that nothing really is going to happen to you if those kinds of slips happen. And I think, as we spoke about, I think for me, it's more about... How am I going to vote in the next election? About it. Yeah. How am I going to engage with my municipality? About it. About it. Yeah. How am I I going to enforce certain existing laws, right? Because there wasn't a black person in that room when that, that ad was there. And if there was, then we need to do something else.
0: Because, I mean, either that, that if there was a black person in the room that either didn't feel comfortable enough to stand up to it. Exactly. Um, or there probably wasn't a person in there. Um, yeah. To say that that's um, unacceptable.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I wanted to also ask you about um, appropriation, um, cultural appropriation. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I suppose the classic is the, and I'm, you know, vaguely offensive, here the German girl with the braids, uh, well, the cornrows
1: rather
0: <laughs> cornrows. Yeah. Uh,
1: both. Um, was it was a bow, Derek, and ten, right?
0: Bo Derek, Bo Derek. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just a
1: quick fact: a year before that, Cicely Tyson had braids, and like she was called, I don't know, a few like weird uh, names about it. She had cornrows as well, and then all wow. of a sudden they were known as Bo Derek braids. Yeah, I oh, know cornrows. <laughs> Twenty years later, Kim Kardashian does it, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is revolutionary. I was like, what? What's going on, guys? What's going on? So that was for me that cultural appropriation. was like, wow.
0: So, what's the feeling in, in, in the room about this? Like, about people having, um, I'm gonna in invert a commiser uh, like black styles of hair. Um, like, should people not be allowed to wear wear like? So let's just use the cornrow example. Um, like, is that owned by people of colour or black people? Like, how I don't even know how to formulate the question, to be honest.
2: I think the issue is not of ownership. The mm. issue is the lack of acknowledgement. Mm. So mm. you can't steal something from a culture of people and then claim it as your own, rename it, while you're penalising those people for the mm. exact same mm. hairstyles. Okay. And that's just immoral. I think it's, it's not okay. And also... Personally, I I used to feel deeply uncomfortable and I'd get really worked up every time I saw a white person with locks, you know. But I just it's not. I personally don't care anymore. But no white friend of mine is going to be caught doing that, and I know it's because they care about me and they understand the the nuance involved.
0: By locks, you mean dreadlocks? Yes.
2: So I think. It just, it just sends a message. Just be aware of the message that you're sending to black people when you, as a, as a, as a non-black person, start wearing those hairstyles. Um, it sends a message that you might not necessarily be aware of the politics at hand and that you might be prioritizing your convenience or your expression over the continued discrimination that black people face to this day about their hair. It's a material factor, right? Black women get paid less, depending on things like their hairstyle wow. get the job or don't get the job depending on things like their hairstyle. So Just be mindful of the of the message you might be communicating. It's
0: not even possible to communicate anything else, right? So say you're a, a, a white person who has locks or has cornrows or has a weave um, There's no way for that person to acknowledge, there's no way. Like you can't wear a sign saying "I'm aware of the fact that <laughs> this is a style that I've appropriated from Black culture." So you just can't do it. Just don't wear the style. Yeah. Basically, it's yeah. difficult, right? Like that's a hard thing to to say. I think to say you may not wear the style. Um, I'm not. I don't disagree because I also think like it's problematic and rather just avoid avoid the styles. But mm. it becomes so prescriptive to say you may not be, you may not. Um, let's say celebrate um, because some people are celebrating where it comes from and other people Mm -hmm. are ignoring it um, and not giving it the credence that it deserves which makes it an incredibly difficult space. I mean if I think about um, I don't know where your hair
1: is from that's what I wanted to touch on. Okay. No, no, I really did because I feel like every time the cultural appropriation conversation happens, it's like, well, you guys get to wear <laughs> blonde hair. You guys get to wear weaves. Like, that's not your hair. Yeah. you appropriating someone else's style. I'm like, no, no, it doesn't go like that. Like, with me, obviously, I was told, like, or well, not me, but historically, women were told, yeah, kind of assimilate to whiteness so here's a wig And then there was sort of the ownership now it's like, you know what, I can change my style. I can. Because I've been battered, bruised and told what to do, I need to get some ownership here. But now when you kind of have this appropriation and now you're saying that I'm appropriating white styles or because I've got like straight hair and it's Peruvian mind you. <laughs> I always I always go with that it's Peruvian, sorry, it's Peruvian. Brazilian, but um, it's just one of those things where you kind of you kind of put this, or I want not say you, hmm. but just in terms of the Western world or whiteness, kind of put this to me. Now all of a sudden, when I'm taking ownership for it, it's like no, you can't. Like when I'm wearing the wig, the weaves, it's like you're also appropriating. Where, like where is like that's where
0: talk about where these things come from, right? Like yeah. why why these why these trends are in place. Is because of history. and It's because of societal pressures from history, mm. um, and that's why we are in the position that we are. So you can't just reverse engineer that and say you're appropriating.
1: Mm. Like I feel like it's saying like exactly what you said about like reverse, like the appropriation. And one of the things that you touched on, uh, Fez, was that um, it's when the ownership is taken away, and how these styles were used to not let us have not. To be in the building, it was like, mm mm mm. She's too ghetto and she has yeah. cornrows. And now all of a sudden, it's cool for someone else to have cornrows, and it's seen as the next big thing or it's the next craze. Whereas cornrows were a message, like just uh, fine braids were a message in uh, certain cultures, even mandu knots in the Zulu culture and Guni culture. So now all of a sudden, when it's being done and it's in a magazine and it's said to be, oh, this person is doing it now. They own it. It, it. it it rubs me off the wrong way. It's like for when I did that in like primary school, I was laughed at and I had that hairstyle. Now all of a sudden it's the new thing. Yeah. And if I would do it now, it would be like, that's interesting. That would be the laughing factor for it. But one thing I wanted to touch on, sorry, <laughs> digressing a bit, but going back um, was uh, that other company and what came about that other company was the business of hair meaning yeah. we we seen two, three years ago the natural hair aisle was non-existent there were like probably two brands soft and free mm-hmm. um, black like me or I don't know but it was non-existent now you've got your Jack jackies, you've got your sheer moistures and even um, these more independent brands like uh, Masori, Native Child, like I love Native Child, I, I feel like when I was starting my natural hair journey, I started with nat- uh, Native Child, but what came about with this, um, with what happened with this uh, brand, with the store and the other brand we will not mention, but was that a lot of like there's a monopoly sort of in terms of that ownership of the natural hair space especially with independent um, providers that they also been fighting to get their their voice heard trying to say this is what black women want this is what the natural hair space is but you're not allowing us you've got these big guys who really don't care about us and they showed with uh, their marketing Mm -hmm. so how do you feel first and foremost first question is how do you feel about this evolution of the natural hair community especially in becoming commercial and mainstream and in the hair aisle and then also the not so good where they're still fighting to be in those stores
2: so I think I was I remember being young and not knowing what to do with my hair right and feeling like there were no options available to me and I was in a meeting the other day and this guy who used to be in these kinds of rooms was talking about how back in the day it was super cool and super easy to make money. They would call the, the brands for black hair care cheaper nasties. Cheap and nasties. It's cheap and nasty. So you just like pump them forth um, within these black areas and within these stores specifically and then leave them there for us to consume, right? So now that we are getting to a space where because we've been forced to find out what actually works for us what's actually good for our hair, we're taking ownership, that makes me happy having the option to go to a store that exists versus ordering online all the time is really convenient but I think what the scandal showed us was that certain kinds of progress are only ever going to be surface level because they just want the money they just Mm -hmm. want the market share and if we as black people continue to allow that to happen by saying, oh, we don't want to buy from black businesses because the delivery costs are too high or waiting for your delivery is too inconvenient, then we're going to be faced with these issues more and more because at the heart of it, these are businesses that don't care about us, that have to be convinced that we, that we matter, even if we're the majority in this country. Right? insane,
0: right? Like, like the money is there. Yeah. Like even, if, even if you're not going to be woke, at least, like focus on the business and provide for people.
2: And I think it it becomes more complicated because the way that you provide matters, which is what the scandal Mm -hmm. showed us. That If there isn't a genuine care and if you don't have black people in the room and you don't have a space that's accommodating enough for them to to be honest about their positions Mm -hmm. and safe enough, then it's not going to work. So I'm super excited about all the brands that you've mentioned and the options available because they do make hair products that are miles better than what we've ever had before and it's amazing that there's South African brands also
1: no like I feel like every sure. time I that's so true like they're South African brands and also like it's just it's so nice like even their stories there's like a backstory there's yeah. like a Baba like mm-hmm. that little that when you read like when it started it's like that's me like that's how I came like I, I was struggling too and um one of the things I wanted to, again, touch on in the natural journey was the big chop. There's this myth that you have to, if you're going to become natural, and to some extent it's true, you have to kind of go through the big chop. And it's it's a scary thing to chop off your hair, I know, did it. And then, um, just, uh, so I think... The first time we kind of heard this phrase was again with Oprah and Solange when she did her big chop. <laughs> uh, so the big chop is like where you kind of, if you were, had relaxed hair or when you're wanting to start your natural journey, is like you kind of shave it off, like still leave some hair there, but it's starting your natural journey. Cutting
0: all the, 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 the treated yes. hair away. Mm. Yeah. It's,
1: it's, it's quite
0: nice. uh, beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful, but also scary because, like, you kind of fight and you have to come back. And be like, what's going to happen? Like, yeah. the the anxiety is there.
0: You spoke about um, representation um, with, uh, like, when you heard about the stories from these these local brands, um, and how you could see like young Babawa were there and, and, and you represented. It, did um, Did Zozibini's victory uh, in Miss Universe and Miss Africa? resonate with with you guys um in, in this space you know having short hair and having natural hair was it a a great moment for you or was it just like ah guys stop talking about
2: it it's oh never that it was, it was, queen. Like, it was <laughs> great. <laughs> queen.
0: great i mean that's what i wanted to hear i was hoping was but, yeah. yeah like
2: when she came out like it's it's
1: funny because she had um, she had entered before with a weave everything she looked beautiful like mm. the, the year Demi Lee won and then now she came in and she was very striking she was still beautiful still the same but there was something there with her win where it just reinforced something for us like it reinforced that you know what like. You can have a wig You can have a weave You can have even Your natural state But you are beautiful Like and how she mm. Like there was just this I think the Zozie effect Like in general And it went beyond the hair Because also when The conversation about the hair came Like it was men again Black men Being like you see You should ditch the mm. wig You should ditch <laughs> the braids And you're like You don't understand Like her win was like A win for everyone It was an acceptance
0: It is a cultural reset right Yeah, yeah. Uh, You yeah. know If uh, um, the the those standards of beauty that have been placed upon people. That was a moment where it was like, no, 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 no That's not mm-hmm. that's not how this works anymore. And there's that there's a beautiful photograph of her um, on Adley Streets, Con Adley and Strand, and it's for a big corporation. So I don't want to say their name. Um, but it's just like a great photo. You just look at that photo and you go, oh my god, you are so beautiful up there and so. I, I, I try to not be patriotic. I find patriotism irritating. But I felt so proud. I felt so proud seeing her there and I don't say representing us, but that's how it feels, representing us and 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 making that statement to the world was such a beautiful moment.
2: Yeah. And oh. the fact that the journey was so relatable. It was. Um, that it meant more. Like her shedding her hair uh, meant more than just hair. It meant wow. her own acceptance of herself and it was really for me it was so amazing because this is a beauty contest after all but the message sent to me was this idea that you don't owe anyone your beauty you can just show up as you are and you're enough you know what i mean if if they whatever they think about your beauty is irrelevant um which is where i think i want to move towards towards the yeah. irrelevant yeah. yeah just like it's yep. nice being beautiful but it's not the end of the world you know what I mean you can just show up as a human being mm-hmm. who enjoys whatever they enjoy whether it be short hair long hair whatever and that's and that's valid I think we also like just spend too much time concerning ourselves with how black women show up and if they're beautiful or not and that came with uh,
1: Shudu uh, now Miss South Africa like that whole thing of the comparison of both of these women gorgeous set up the standard of what beauty like can be, and it's not like it's not the, it's not the only beauty that we 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 can see. There's this huge spectrum, and they just showed it to us. And then also, it's just that that whole thing of you can show up however you want to show up as a black woman, and um, that taking up space. I just love it. And but I want, I really want us to talk about this. Is this is a huge thing, and I think you brought it up in the beginning. That whole. Uh, Hair and color. hair and colorism is like this. Like they are like especially in the black community, they're mm-hmm. like literally twin sisters or yeah. like I would say half sisters. it's It's a huge thing. like there's the there's the, if you have long hair, tick, if you light skin, tick. If you have long hair, yeah, but if you dark skin, yeah, you, you still fit, but you, you you talked about that like for you there was the long hair, light skin, so there was kind of this, uh, you, like, you fit all these things, but mm-hmm. then also you had your own uh, difficulties and battles. But but what I like about you is that you accepted your privilege, whereas in there's always a fight there. It's like, I've also got struggles. You also, <laughs> like, you know you know we're talking about here. Like, there's the rant there. But there was the fact that you understood that and you, and even in, the Bandu um, beauty, like you talk about those things, like I think it's, and you've always touched on that, like as a person, it, in our conversations of with beauty within Black women, with beauty even in the natural space. Like there's this whole tick thing of if you've got natural hair and you light skinned, like you're the perfect person. So I want you to unpack the colorism as well as the the hair topic
2: now with the colorism. Mm. Well, I think it's. Again, it's really great to have local brands because even they are attuned to that in a way that um, stores like the ones we won't mention just don't care about. Because um,
0: it's the angle of approach, right? It's the, the angle of attack. Like, mm. the, the, the local brands are like, this is who I am, this is what I need and this is what I'm going to provide for the people who need this. Yeah. Whereas the, the, that brand are just going, we want to make money, so let's just get the product.
2: Yeah, and the thing that we think is going to sell, which is usually light skin. Um and I think it's a really important thing to talk about because we're seeing a, a co-opting of the natural hair space where the representatives of the natural hair space are becoming more and more racially ambiguous, right? So when we think about the, the biggest natural hair influences, they're definitely borderline three versus tight, coily four hair types. And that also is on us on some level because there is this idea that, you know, I wish my hair was more manageable. I wish my hair was was a bit more looser. Like, my hair is so, it's so cruse. My hair is so, you know, so black, so 4 that I, I actually watch these other YouTubers are lighter who have a different kind of hair texture and I prop them up and then I get disappointed when I see them being the face of, of of natural hair when I myself contributed to that as well so I think it's really great having natural hair companies that specifically go out of their way to target darker skinned natural hair influencers and put them on and when again you're in the arena you can do that yourself. You can engage with their comments. You can support them and push them up to the level of a zozibini if that's what you want as well, and we've seen that, which is amazing. Love social media for that. Um, yeah, I do think it's really important to to acknowledge that the black natural hair movement started because of dark-skinned black women with the kinkiest, coiliest hair because they were going through the most. And as you continue to embrace ourselves, let's not forget to to pay homage to them and to acknowledge that it's still harder for darker skinned, um, C naturals to get the kind of exposure that they deserve, even though they have amazing content. And uh I think it's it's important because it's not just it's not just hair. It's about fundamentally how do we build a more equitable world where we all exist and it's and, and it's fair, you know? And I think that that's what's amazing about being black is that Even something as simple as hair can be transformative.
0: I think that's a beautiful place to end it. Thank you, Fez. Is there something else that you would like to talk about or to promote? Anything that, uh, any business things that we can support you with?
2: Well, wow, now that you mention it I'll, yes. be launching, <laughs> I'll be launching my own natural hair care brand soon So it will be great if you guys could support And thank you so much for having me And this is such a great conversation
0: um, yeah, Are you going to tell us a name or anything? Or oh, you can you, follow
2: yeah. the
1: Bantu Beauty
0: the, the Bantu Beauty Yes,
1: thank you So it's, gonna, it's not just going to be follow and message It's going to be shop now yes darling there's a shop there's shop button on
0: Instagram it's yes. so easy to <laughs> hit now so easy to hit
2: you know love it love it so yeah,
0: thanks alright thanks so much for Zeka.
2: thanks guys thanks Viz cool.